I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wise Men Say, Sun FM Preview Show with Stephen Goldsmith and Gareth Barker. All things Sunderland. Welcome along to the Wise Men Say Preview Show. We're going to talk about the first six-pointer of the season, I reckon. We didn't think we'd be seeing that again so soon, after a relegation last year. Yeah, the Bolton game was a six-pointer. A bit Definitely. too early in the season to see it was a six-pointer. There's only one. two games. It was a six-pointer for Simon Grayson. <laughs> yeah, but we still haven't yeah. won since, so it's, it's snowballed even more. <laughs> it's got critical. <laughs> <laughs> Rory Fallow is joining myself and Gareth in the studio tonight. Uh, we're also going to hear from John Oster and uh, our Burton guest as well, a journalist who covers... Uh, Burton for the Burton Mail. Um, we're going to talk about Aston Villa as well before we discuss the Burton game. Uh, don't, Chris, talk, don't talk about Aston Villa. I did that in the week and got roundly abused on the internet by Villa fans. Elaborate? Oh, okay, by Villa fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because you said they were rubbish or not very Yeah, because I said they were atrocious, so loads of Villa fans were in the Every mentions. team we've played this season have been atrocious. Yeah, they have been rubbish. Doesn't say much for some really does it? as well. They were rubbish. I think they're up there with like some of the worst that we've played. We've played a lot of bad teams. We have, including watching ourselves as well. Yeah, I mean, well, people were saying, well, you can't say, you you can't slag off everybody else when you're bottom of the league, well, you can. You can. I think it gives you more license. It's it's not like one of those many seasons we struggled in the Premier League where about now you'd be thinking, you know what, I can't say who's getting out of this because you've got Manuel and Juan Matter and people like that around the corner. These sides are so yeah. bad, you can't help but think, we can turn this around, we can. And also, we've played 18 games, one win, and we're only four points adrift. In the Premier League, we'd probably be about 12. If, if, we, win on, yeah, if we win on Saturday, we would go off the bottom, yeah. at least on goal difference. We'd go level with Burton, I think. Yeah, yeah. You do wonder if, if, Bolton did, if Bolton lost, we I mean, would be above them as well. You do wonder what it would do to the, to the confidence of the players. I mean, Chris Coleman, when he, when he came in, and his first press conference on Monday or Sunday or whenever it was, and he said he wanted to get the city rock and rolling again, rocking didn't he? And rolling. Rocking and rolling. Rocking well, and if we rolling. lose to Burton, we're only rolling in one direction, <laughs> aren't we? Yeah. Um, speaking to John Oster, because we were trying to um, to book him in for December for one of the Peacock gigs, the pre-match shows at the Peacock, and just chatting to him, and he reminded me that he he actually played for Wales. You, you forget that, don't you? The, the John Oster played for Wales. Why would you remember that, some people might say? But of course he played with Chris Coleman. So we got him on the phone. He couldn't come along tonight and we had a quick chat about what he thinks about the appointment. We are joined now by former Sunderland player John Oster. I was talking to you last night, John, that totally slipped my mind that you used to play for Wales and of course you used to play alongside Chris Coleman. So we thought we'd get you on to initially though get your opinion on the appointment. Yeah, um, well, it's a fantastic appointment for Sunderland. Um, personally, at the minute, um, I think it's exactly what they needed. You know, a manager whose stock's quite high, really, considering what he's done with Wales. And um, and he's still hungry in club management, you know. He's, he's still not proven, really, um, at club level. Um, he's done fantastically well with Wales, taking him uh, over in, in such a, well, un, under such sort, sort of bad circumstances, really. 
and um, he's, he's, he's done amazingly well with them and he's left them in a, in a brilliant state and hopefully move on and get uh, into the Euro Championships uh, next time around. So he's, uh, he's left them in, in great health. And we, I hope he can come into Sunderland and, and probably do do the same kind of thing here. Really, we surprised that we made an appointment like that. Um, like like pleasantly um, surprised. I mean, yeah, ple- yeah, of course. Um, it, it was it was it was out of the blue actually. I I don't I don't even know if he was in the betting to be honest. Um, it came as a surprise to me, but um, I think it's a, it's a really good one and um, and it's one that I'm happy with because you see some of the names that were branded around and um, it wasn't all too inspiring really. So um, I'm just thankful that they've got somebody in place um, who who like I say can take the club forward from where they are. You've played for Wales, obviously. Then, John, a uh, very mm. proud nation, aren't they? Very, you know, the, the, the players are very proud to, to represent their country. Uh, Ashley Williams has come out and said that a big part of, of their success, or the main part of their success, was down to Chris Corman and the players wanting to play for him. Do yeah. you think it's different at club level that, or do, do, do you think that the Welsh players are going to give a little bit extra because of representing the country anyway? It's almost like the opposite problem England have. Yeah, I don't know. I think. Um... I think it's, it's, it's hard, isn't it? I think you look at your, your Northern Ireland, your Republics, your Wales, Scotland, they all seem to have a better sort of team camaraderie than the English do, you know? Um, England have always sort of had the, their sort of superstars or, or so-called superstars, like individuals, you know, over the years, whereas teams like Northern Ireland and Wales, like the smaller nations, have had to rely on um, a real sort of teamwork and team ethic, really, and and. Chris Coleman looks like he'd done that with Wales. Um, they had their great camaraderie and, and the lads looked like they were enjoying the football under him and um, he, he got them playing some great football as well, um, which is he's not always easy to do. So um, I think he's, he's done great on, on, on both counts with Wales. But uh, it's, a, it's another chapter of his, of his career now. Where he's got to take uh, Sunderland forward from, from where they are, I'm afraid. Uh, it's, uh, it's not too pretty. It's <laughs> certainly not. <laughs> How well did you know him as a player? Um, yeah, I, I knew him um, quite well. Him and obviously Kit uh, Simon Zuza. <laughs> he's, um, he's number two. But um, yeah, he um, he was a great lad. Um, got on really well with everyone. I think I don't think anyone's really got a bad word to say about him. Um, and I'm, I'm sure the Sunderland uh, fans, players, etc., will, will realise that once they get to know him quite well. So you go out and have a few drinks with them back in the day, did you? <laughs> yeah, just a few, um, few, few. I wouldn't believe you. Went, I wouldn't believe you went out for drinks, John. <laughs> now and again, only only now and again. But uh, yeah, uh, it's a bit different back then. Uh, you could go out and have a drink, but uh, now you'd be all over social media. I think if you were even dead, yeah, particularly if you misbehave at a Christmas party, right? Um, exactly. Do you, do you, <laughs> how big do you, do you see this game of the weekend? Then huge, isn't um, it? Yeah, it is, but it's not the be-all and end-all, I don't think, personally, because I think with him only being in the job, what, a week or so, um, it's hard to get his point across and the way he wants to play, and obviously personnel as well, that there's people injured and people coming back in. He doesn't know his best 11 yet. He's still getting to know the players like they are him, so it's going to be really hard. But, um, yeah, it's one of those games where you'd like to get something from because... Um, it's another team that's that's probably going to be down near the bottom for a, a lot of the season. So um, to get one over on them uh, it would be good. But uh, uh, I'm not I'm not I'm not really too worried if they if they didn't get the win. But um, getting something out of the game would be would be positive. Okay, and you're going to come and see us at the Peacock pre-match in December, one of those dates, aren't we? Haven't confirmed it yet. But you're, de- you're definitely coming yeah. along, aren't you? I am definitely. Yeah, no problem. 
Wise Men Say, Sun FM Preview Show, with Stephen Goldsmith and Gareth Barker. All things Sunderland. Thanks to John there for joining us on the phone. We'll move on quickly from the Chris Coleman appointment. It seems like old news now, doesn't it? He's already got a game under his belt. Of course, it was a defeat. We are Sunderland. (laughs) Do you want to elaborate, Rory, what you were saying about how bad Villa were? Because I did... I kind of watched the game through a computer screen through somebody else's computer screen. <laughs> oh, the guy who was periscoping it. <laughs> uh, yeah, am I allowed to say that? That's, like, that's like the trouble. modern version of when someone films a film in the cinema, isn't it? Are you allowed, are you allowed to... Peri- if you periscope a stream... Well, the thing is, though, if the stream, if, if the stream is in the country in yeah. which it is allowed to be streamed, can I, you periscope the stream? still think that's dodgy. It's like, moder- <laughs> it's like a, a, a... The a EFL might have yeah. something to say about it. The EFL. Statement. <laughs> so it'll, be on, it'll be on Twitter in a minute. Statement. <laughs> Announcement. Seized. Yeah, all social media seized. Periscopes. Well, Twitter shut n- down. net neutrality. That's been, might be believable yeah. if that was a Premier League. I'm not sure the EFL uh, could be bothered <laughs> to the extent that the Premier League could be. Found out, well, I'm all right, so, you know. If you're listening to the AFL, come on, come at, come at me, AFL. Oh, the gauntlet's been I've, I've, I have thrown down the gauntlet of the football yeah. league. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure they'll take. I'm bigger it than the football league. I'm sure. I'm sure that won't even get brought to their attention. No, um, <laughs> right, Rory. Um, he had to sort of put a side together, didn't he? A lot of injuries. Oh yeah. And do you think Villa? Just did enough, or, or do you think do you think they were poor like you'd, every yeah, other you'd, side? You'd probably play? say that, that yeah, they just did enough. But I was sort of thinking of two nil, and I thought when we equalised, if we get a goal here, and I don't know if it's just me sort of knowing Steve Bruce as we know Steve Bruce, you get that goal back, we'd retreat a little bit, and we'd start to hit them. But I think by the time we did, we looked a bit ragged. We were we were struggling to create chances through the whole game, which I think the makeshift midfield was probably the cause for that. Um, speaking of the midfield, I actually thought Tin Hart and Gibson had quite a, a good game. I thought his tackling was quite good, and like his off the ball work was did leave a bit to be desired when in possession. Um, but I don't think that midfield did. We were talking on Monday that we were quite worried about that, and I don't think they were as bad as we thought they were going to be. I think um, the the interesting thing about the midfield and sort of goes back. I've made a comment on on the Twitter account about it's probably the first time in a long time that. You can have a discussion around the tactics and and what they were trying to yeah. maybe what they were trying to do. Whereas interestingly, in the summer, Simon Grayson made a comment how we we've got. I think he pretty pretty much might be all verbatim, but he said that we were a team of ball players. He mentioned it a lot. He, um, he made it after every single game. He brought that up. He kept on saying we're a team of ball players, but then but then kept re-emphasizing the point that we we need to be better at winning second balls. And then when the season started, it was very direct, wasn't it? It was yeah. put Vaughan up front, try and get him to win flick-ons, etc. Um, I think what was interesting about the game at, on, a, on on Tuesday was our biggest attacking threat this season has been the wide men, whoever they've been. Um, and we, we in every game, I would say we probably created chances. We didn't create as many chances, and we were very narrow thought McManaman yeah. and, and McGeady rather than dragging the, the player wide and, and, and getting at the full backs they were, their, their sole responsibility seemed to be more helping out the midfield mm-hmm. and, and, and being nice and compact um, they were receiving the ball in, 
in narrow areas all the time and they yeah, grab and run in the channels yeah, more, more than was, anyone it was almost working that space and then when grabbing sees the opportunity they were trying to get it into the channels like you say getting spaces in behind but i think maybe that's why we weren't as potent um because we we didn't have the wingers were just given free license to, to get to get on the ball and, and go at people and that's going to be interesting in the next few weeks um to see how uh how, how coleman balances you know the, that attacking threat that they've got and our main attacking threat because we've got no guy in midfield we haven't got somebody who can pick a pass um in the squad um from the center so he's got to try and utilize those two wide players but maybe he's seen from a defensive perspective the need to just be more compact and how is he going to get that balance right in the next few weeks i mean i think to be fair we've got wolves and um fulham haven't we close yeah, together yeah i think that's t- consecutive week so maybe those are games where he might look at that but when you're going to burton and then we've got Birmingham, and we've got Barnsley at home, and Reading at home, and as Reading well. at home. You know, those are the game we can't. I don't think we can go into that game, those games, thinking about how we're going to nullify the opposition. We've got to go at those teams to yeah. win. So over the next, you know, over the course of the next six weeks, it's going to be really interesting to see how he just manages that, yeah. manages that situation. I don't know if the injuries, maybe that were in the squad, maybe, and maybe just wanted to go to Villa, and if we got a point, he go well. We didn't get beat. We kept it tight. We didn't concede many goals, and to be fair, the goals we conceded were a bit unfortunate. In that, it was a foul for the first one, and the second was big a big deflection. deflection. So, um, yeah, it's, it'll you know you can't tell anything really from from um, you know the guy who's had forty eight hours in a job. Yeah, I think that's why they just look to be solid as well. We kept it, and we've seen this before. We kept though. The ball going back, the ball. Yeah. Can't. We wanted it. We wanted to keep the ball. And we have seen this before. I mean. Discarding Grayson and Moyes and their records because both those managers were appointed in the summer, but Sunderland have a habit of sacking a manager or the manager walking mid-season, and we see this all the time. The, the new manager will come in the first game, you can see a distinct change in the style of play, but they do lose those games. They tend to lose those games, mm-hmm. but win the second one. So we're yeah. hoping the same yeah. formula is going to come around. Well, usually it's a derby, isn't it? The second. Yeah, derby <laughs> yeah. Is, uh, we need Newcastle to play. But now. Burton, Burton is near derby, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe yeah, it's that. Yeah. Nigel Clough's from the northeast. He's from Sunderland. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. enough tenuous yeah. links yeah. there to, to get get <laughs> the mortgage on us. Ball in Millsborough. That'll do. Is there any ex uh, sort of northeast players playing? No, I was, I was having a look through no, their squad no. today. No, actually. but my, my dad lives in Burton. Will that do? There you go. So we're going to go and see him. That which will be good. Which where does he? Which house does he live in, Stephen? Um, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> lives in a fascist house. His dad is not a fascist. <laughs> yeah, yeah please, know please put yeah, that on yeah, the record. Yeah. His dad is not a fascist. He lives in Edward Mosley's house. Have all that, oh, yeah, I've heard that yeah, before. Yeah, 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 you've you've heard that, have you? I've heard that. On the, <laughs> the grapevine. <laughs> yeah, you can't go into the East it's Midlands quite, not hearing someone mention that. It's quite funny, isn't it? Birthplace of fascism. That's where he's from. Rolleston on Dover, it's a little village. Uh, great yeah, it would, well, it would have to be a little village, <laughs> wouldn't it? Really, they won't like outsiders. <laughs> they won't like outsiders there. Yeah, it is that kind of village. It does seem like. But it's got a great pub called a Spread Eagle, and we'll be having a drink there anyway. Well, the pubs just, are available. Well, yeah, we've just got off on a massive tangent now. Good. Spill some do you want to try? Do you want to try and bring a background? What do you want to talk about next? Um, not losing to Aston Villa. Not losing to Aston Villa. Maybe beating Burton Albion. Yeah. Is that an idea? It is an idea. I'll tell, you what, I'll tell you what we we will do. We're going to hear from Chris Coleman now. He spoke to Tom Hill. Just before that, you won't hear this in the audio, but we're all aware that the news about Duncan Watmore was confirmed. Yeah. It looks like a long-term injury, and that's yeah. just it's heartbreaking, that, isn't it? 
for the lad in particular. Oh, if all you know, of all the players, you know, you don't wish it on anyone, but you know, somebody who seems quite grounded, really yeah. canny. You know, and he's just come back, and it's tough, isn't it? When he's he's only twenty two, and he, and he and it's it's going to be difficult for him to come back again from the knee, but. You know, you'd hope that you, it's how does he motivate himself for for that ten months again? Yeah. You know, mentally that's going to be the test. And interestingly, Chris Coleman, I know he's big on sports psychology, isn't he? And I think he had sports psychologists involved um, in Wales and in stuff like that. So, if that I know we're talking about more backroom appointments, if that's someone who comes in, you know, maybe that'll be a benefit that, to players who who were injured and, and Johnny Williams as well, because he's somebody again who's had. Constant injuries in his career, never mind at Sunderland. Um, he spoke about Rodwell today as well, didn't he? Saying that he needs to step up himself, so <laughs> can't just, you can't just be on yeah. the treatment table and yeah, stuff yeah. like I that. Almost feel like you need to disregard Rodwell now. I think, I think yeah, I think yeah, <laughs> disregarded, doesn't he? I mean, disregarded himself. I mean, talk about when was the last that, time he was regarded? That ship been that ship sailing. I mean, yeah, it sailed. <laughs> but I thought it was just. It I don't know. If sailed the the galaxy. What, I don't know what the context <laughs> was that he was. It was just interesting that he was mentioned. Rodwell. I don't know if he was yeah. asked about him, but he's talked about how he. We need everyone in the seat in the team. It's up to the individual as well. He can't just be on the treatment table. Um, and but maybe that is just because we're so desperate with injuries at the minute. Because and Dong as well. Dong's out yeah. for. Three, three weeks, weeks now. Disappointing news. Give well, me, give me a conspiracy fair, theory and tell me that they're saving and dong for the transfer window. No. <laughs> I said, give me one, not deny it. Well, you, that is the that would that be the conspiracy theory. Really. Really. Yeah. Well, like this, that like, Rodwell always corrects to Roswell. On, on, <laughs> yeah, on, yeah. On, yeah. autocorrect. Yeah. yeah. So, and you, and you said um, uh, a ship in, into another galaxy. <laughs> so I quite like that. You can tie them together. Maybe. <laughs> no. Do you know something that we don't know? <laughs> Definitely not. Yeah, I don't it know is, much. Has, I don't know much that somebody has, else wouldn't know. It has been an incident. It has been a Rodwell incident, hasn't it? For the last three, how long has he been here? Too long. Four, three years. Three years. Five yeah. year contract. Two thousand fourteen summer. Yeah. Five year contract. So we've got eighteen months. Get in. Eighteen months. <laughs> so you know. How did we get on? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I think I brought him up. You did. Right. Sorry. You did. Shame on you. Shall we hear from Chris Coleman now? We can. He spoke to Tom Hale from Son of This group of players seem more comfortable controlling the game than playing long balls and counter-attacking. Has there been much play feedback to you in your short time here? Um, no, I think it's such a short space of time, to be fair to them. Again, before Aston Villa, we had 20 minutes where we could do something with them. Um, and uh, no, they attempted it, you know, and it was not, it's not going to come overnight anyway. Even if we'd have won the game, there would have been aspects of it where we were going, look, we can do better here, there and there. Um, but no, I think um, they were receptive to what I had to say. Um, and long may that continue. Um, again, I'll say they need to be brave, need to accept the situation we're in. Um, and we're in control of our own destiny. And some people, like I've just said, are not comfortable with that, but we are in control of our own destiny, and it's up to us. So if we're playing short, long, or whatever, we just need to take responsibility for it, and we need to own it. You know, it's us. We need to own it at the end of the day, not saying, oh, God, you know what's happened at this club for the last 18 months, two years, three years, whatever. This has been coming. This is so bad. Everything's so bad. We're bottom of the league. We could end up getting relegated. And everybody's say, hold on a minute. Let's stop. Stop there. But Burton's come in and it's a six-pointer. 
there'll be a game after that will be just as important and we've got to go and go and go until the moment comes where we can't and if it's that and, and, and we're going to go to the next division the, that that day could come so from here to there if that comes what we can't be doing is looking back going we could have done a little bit more because that's unforgiving you, you can't forgive that unforgivable I should say um, so we're going to make sure if we fast forward time to the end of the season we go do you know what we, we, we haven't got anything left to give because we give everything no that's an easier pill to swallow than the other way of someone ducked it right I don't care who you are me anybody any player any staff one of us ducked it and we never give of what we got because that's the unforgivable part I can forgive anybody for giving everything they got and not coming up to where they need to be. I can forgive that. I can't forgive people who don't give what they got because that's, that's the thing that don't sit well. I'm positive though about Lewis Graben, the third top scorer in the championship. Mm. It's great to see him scoring so many goals. You see it's a bit of a disappointment that conceding goals is almost dragging him back sort of from his effort. Yeah, I think, you know, not, not dragging him back because he's, he's, he's offering himself to the cause, you know, he's scoring goals. Um, and he's, he keeps on scoring goals and that's a real positive um, and we're conceding goals so what, what do we do do we say we're conceding too many goals so I tell you what we're going to get 10 men behind the ball for 90 minutes Lewis may grab a goal but the opposition won't score I'm not sure that's the way to go I think that's false sense of security I think we've got to we've got to be more positive when we're in possession we've got to attack more and try and score more goals. So if we concede one, at least we scored three. But we can't think Lewis has got one. We're going to hold on to that forever. That, that you know, we we'll be doing what we've, we've been doing for some time, and we've not got us very far. So we've got to be more positive in every area on the pitch. We've got to be more positive, um, and and start thinking positive and start putting that into action. That's what we've actually got to do. And then the goals that Lewis scores, it's not just him scoring. There's other people scoring, and when that happens. That's when we start winning. And just lastly from me, um, some of the difficulties that come with set pieces and see goals, is it a confidence issue or do you think it's just something that's going to come out eventually with practice and training? No, I think you're right. I think it is a confidence issue, you know, but you know, I've had that where I think we, I dis- I've discussed this with other teams I've, I've been involved in where we've been absolutely flying. You know, we win 3-1 and that one goal is another set play and you say, there's another set play we conceded. So you're always looking to improve something. And of course, I think a lot of that is confidence. It is confidence, and uh, that's something that we need to work on as well. And you only do that not just by saying to someone, "You know, oh, you've con- we've conceded a goal, and it's your fault." Well, that that's the start of it. Now, what are you going to do to with that player to improve him, or to the team to improve? There's only one answer, and that's working on it in training, and that's all we can do. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. 
Wise Men Say, Sun FM Preview Show, with Stephen Goldsmith and Gareth Barker, all things Sunderland. I'm not sure if I'm disappointed or happy with the, the last answer there, because I kind of wanted them to say, no, they're in double training and they're working on defending set pieces every day. Well, there's loads that it, can be working on, never mind set pieces. Defending, you mean? Just everything. All of the winning yeah, games. But, yeah, but you do feel that if they could just defend properly, then the players will have a, a good enough to do better than they do, and we keep saying that. Well, it's, but it it doesn't feel as though when we've conceded goals, and I know you can say mistakes is it's not defending properly, but it's not like you, yeah, the, the set pieces thing's a different thing. Yeah, well, that, but again, I, I, a lot of it's in, it's individual. I'm not talking about the mistakes. I'm talking about just the set it, pieces and those in, corners you know, we yeah, keep conceding. I mean, the individual. The individual errors, you know, in those you know situations again, it it's been things like you know Steele getting pinned on his line against QPR, Bristol City. Yeah, I've um, been just so basic, haven't they? Corner fouling for the um, the Cardiff penalty. Um, I'm trying. To, there's so many, many Luke Steele mistakes. Not yeah, Luke, Luke Steele. Luke Steele. Jason Steele. Yeah, he plays for Barnsley. Luke yeah, Steele does. Yeah, yeah. Could he do with him. Yeah, he can come yeah. here if he wants. I mean. <laughs> But someone was trying to link us with uh, Tim uh, Hennessy. Yeah, Hennessey. no thanks. You're always just going to get them, though, aren't you? You got a good reaction on someone. Someone linked us to well, Gareth Bale yeah. before. A lot long. of the Palace fans were saying, "No, yeah. please take him." <laughs> yeah. yeah, but those mistakes have been so basic. It does make you think that probably is confidence, isn't it? And once they've just got through the wall of getting that clean sheet and grinding out a result, then that confidence will come, and you know the keeper might actually come and claim those balls that he should be or they won't be getting bullied into what did the he make a brightest performance he, there was one he come out for and he should have done better with yeah like sort of like punched one away unconvincing generally alright though yeah, well, I, yeah. Know, I can't recall him doing having to do anything drastic no but, which to, to be, be fair they, it was us keeping the ball really yeah. wasn't it it didn't afford them many opportunities yeah, yeah he made one good save from Snodgrass um, in the first yeah. half. Oh, yeah, where it didn't where it look, look, yeah, look like a really, wide. really lucky one, too. Yeah, where he yeah. tried to play a one, two, yeah. someone that came off our yeah, defending first yeah. half. fell into his path. I that, couldn't seems to be, that seems to be the way it goes at the moment. Like, mm. we, we have had a bit of luck going forward um, when you look at some of the goals that we've scored. Ooh, namely, uh, Millwall. <laughs> Apparently, there's an e- someone's got an email. <laughs> um, namely, um, Millwall and uh, obviously the, the Brentford keeper had an absolute mare, didn't he, with Oviedo's corner. Um, so we've had a bit of luck going forward, maybe, but you know, defensively, everything that happens to us could happen, and it has happened. Uh, sorry, shall I rephrase? It's quite, that? It's quite, an, it's quite incredible, it really, happened. isn't it? Like how those do keep happening. Like every time you think, what, I mean, what yeah. can we do next? Yeah, I mean, the, we do yeah, it. Yeah, and it was quite incredible. We had a cavalcaded errors in. You know, from all players, at the like back. the sh- the sheer variety, though, mm. it's it's quite superb, really. Yeah. The season end of season DVD, I'll have like a bonus feature it's with the, um, Benny Danny, Hill, Danny Baker, Danny Baker presenting like <laughs> own goals and gaps sort of version thing, but uh, with all of our mistakes on from this season because yeah, it's been it's been mad, really. I mean, you can't legis- I mean, you could argue if we had a better goalkeeper. I'm not just saying it's there been their fault. But if we'd had a better goalkeeper, Simon Grayson would probably still be here. Well, if you, it could have saved us six more points. Yeah, could have could have got us could have got us the win would, against Sheffield Wednesday. I would say the keep errors have probably cost us ten points a season. Probably. If you think of that, you think of 
you could actually conceded five goals. You could possibly say the Ipswich game as well. I mean, you look at the games we could talk about. Um, probably, possibly Hull. Debatable. I know it took a deflection. Yeah, I think that was quite somewhere, unlucky to be somewhere fair. critical. Um, obviously, the Millwall game, with Chef Wed game. Um, I'm trying to think. One of the home ones was a Cardiff went through yeah. straight through. Cardiff, no. Uh, QPR, uh, possibly. Sheffield United, um, you know, QPR definitely, because uh, he, you know, again got Should have came in. and got Bristol it. City, again pinned on his line. So there's a lot, there's a lot. I mean, you, you're probably looking at eight, eight to twelve points that we've dropped because of goalkeeping errors. Yeah. Um, and you know, in in eighteen games, you know, if we're looking at the league table and we've got twenty points, I don't know where that would put us. Probably what. 16th, 15th, 16th, something like that. Not great, but we probably wouldn't be sitting here with a new manager. Yeah. You know, we wouldn't have one win in 18. Brentford is another one, I guess, the free kick. You know, it's an error. There's, a couple of them, though, the Brentford one, the Millwall one, yeah, their keepers sort of cancelled out a little bit. Yeah, maybe. But as always, we got the see, result yeah. we deserve. <laughs> Millwall should have been a nil nil, wasn't it? You know, you, nil nil yeah, game, yeah. finished 2 2. But you never look at it that way, though, do you? You, can, you always believe that. From your own you're, perspective. You're, yeah. you're responsible for your own errors and they're responsible for theirs and it's your yours to exploit. So if you if you let, if let you you exploit their mistakes, then fine. If they exploit yours, then, you know, it's on you. So, yeah, I mean. We could probably talk for another hour about mm, we our errors this season. We won't. We, we did we, a lot of that on Monday, to be fair. What we will do is get some insight on Burton Albion. Wise Men Say, Sun FM Preview Show, with Stephen Goldsmith and Gareth Barker. All things Sunderland. We are joined now by Joshua Murray, and he is a writer for the Burton Mail, covering Burton Albion. Obviously, that's why we've got him on. How is the Burton public, how are the Burton public, uh, viewing the game at the weekend? Are they tense and nervous about it? Yeah, I mean, well, I think they, they certainly uh, certainly know uh, what what a big game it is. Um, obviously, sort of the context of the league with where both teams are at the moment. And I think also as well, given the, the context of, of Burton's home form, um, they made the Pirelli a bit of a fortress last season in, in obviously upsetting the odds to stay in the Championship. And the, the target was always going to be to do that again. But uh, they've lost five in a row uh, at home over, over recent weeks. And um, I think that's probably... As big as this game is, added added even more pressure to it. But so so yeah, I think there's there's probably a few nerves, but also I think it's it's a game that the players are certainly looking forward to, and I think the the fans are as well. This is, is obviously an opportunity to to strike a bit of a of a blow to a relegation rival, and also to to get their their home form back on track. The home form is interesting. I didn't realise they'd lost five on a bounce at home. I mean, it's very Sunderlandy of them to be honest. Yeah. Um, at least Sunderland, you can sort of explain they got relegated last season. And, yeah. and and you know things just haven't picked up from there. It's become a massive psychological barrier for the players. I think we keep stressing or hoping that once Sunderland win one game at home, uh, then more wins would follow. But as you alluded to there, Burton were actually okay at home last season, or quite good at home last season. So yeah. so so what's happened? What's what's with the turnaround? Um, I'm not really sure. I think if they you sort of players have been saying if they could put their finger on that, that they they might not be struggling as much. Um, yeah, I mean, like you say, some of the results last season when they beat and they beat the likes of Leeds, Derby, uh, Chef Wednesday, Norwich, a lot of big teams at, at the Pirelli, and a lot of it was down to just the intensity they played with, and, and potentially certainly earlier in the season, maybe a couple of sides took them a little lightly. They were obviously new to the division. I think they've lost that surprise factor this season. That's had an impact. Um, they've also played some of the, <clears throat> the top teams. Three of those five in a row defeats have come against 
uh, Wolves, Aston Villa and Sheffield United. But the main issue is that they're just conceding too many goals. Um, I think it's uh, 19 in their last five home games or something like that. Um, and they're just they're too open. Away from home where they've been really good, they're setting up obviously very solid and to be difficult to break down. But on home soil where they want to take the game to opposition teams, you know, the opposition, that's playing into the opponent's hands. It's leaving them a bit more open and and they're too often sort of having to chase the game from early on and, and struggling from there. I did see that. I did see one of you guys um, put that to Nigel Clough, actually, and, and he acknowledged it, didn't he, saying that may, maybe that's what it is. So do you think you might see a change of approach? Potentially. I mean, it's interesting. I, I heard somebody sort of suggest that um, that, that might have been what they, they did they they could have done last last weekend when they, they played um, Sheffield United at home on a Friday night and obviously against Sheffield United one of the best teams in the league at the moment maybe that would have been a time to be a bit more pragmatic and say you know even though we're at home we're going to try and set up to be difficult to break down and then in the last half an hour when the game's there for the taking we'll go and chase it I think it's potentially a bit different obviously this weekend with 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 the teams where they are you know the Brewers know the importance of of really trying to trying to get a win and that this is. Um, would be a good time to do it. So potentially, if they were to go out there and obviously set up a little more defensively, you know, you, you don't know how that would go down. But I think at this stage in time, the, the performance really doesn't matter. As you know, if they could get a good result at the weekend, however they got it, um, you know, it would obviously lift a, a bit of the pressure off the, the players, and, and uh, obviously the home fans would appreciate it. And it could be, as you were saying, similar with Sunderland, it could be that one result that, that suddenly is a springboard for them. That's interesting, that isn't it? Though that to see how it's going to be interesting. I've just come to the guys in the studio here to see how Burton approach it because, as Joshua has just said, there, if it is in his mind to to maybe not be as open and as expansive at home, then you 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 might be a little bit more worried. However, they are going to look at Sunderland being bottom of the league. That's going to make an impact, and it's going to you know would he would he dare do that? Because he's going to think, no, we need to go for the throat here. I mean, yeah, I think a lot of teams, I think more at the stadium are like, Sunderland teams have come and had a go, for whatever reason that is. Um, <laughs> Pretty obvious reasons. Yeah, well, I know, but <laughs> people talk about it as, you know, I don't know if it's the you know the motivational factor, and I know Newcastle had the, the troubles at home early in the season last year, didn't they, with teams coming and have a, you know, enjoying themselves, you know, probably playing at a venue that they'd never normally play at. Um Whereas I think away from home we've done all right. Again, the pressures at home have got to us, and you know, it, it is it is going to be an interesting one. I mean, I mean, traditionally, your Burton is the kind of team or are going to in a, a team in Sunderland's position are they going to go at them? Are they going to go ignore the fact that Sunderland is supposedly a big name in that league and just will they go at them? I mean, I think they'll they'll certainly like like I say they'll they'll certainly sense how big a you know result would be this weekend and 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 want to sort of take take the game to them early on and and that's in a way that's been their downfall a little bit against the likes of Villa and Wolves. They started first ten minutes really well, pushing up, and then suddenly you know against that quality of opposition they got caught upfield once the pace you know caught them out and suddenly they're one nil down, two nil down, and, and and they're chasing the game. So I think it is a bit of a tightrope this weekend because. The, you know the need for a win is is so big, or certainly the need to to not lose again is massive. So they're not going to want to stress themselves too much. But equally, as I say, you know they, they with the respective form of the teams, knowing what a, a psychological blow it would, would be to a relegation rival, and also you know they, they've been in decent form away from home, and they know that, that one result at home could be all it takes to sort of 
push them on really so I, I still think there's going to be an ambition there I, I still think they will take the game to Sunderland and I, I don't think they'll be too pragmatic uh, they certainly don't sort of they never look at the, the, the size of the team or, or the, the club or whatever certainly at home it's always been a case of we want to go out there and win um, and I don't think that that approach will change too much this weekend we drew three three with Bolton recently. This has got three three written all over again. We're two two um, highest conceding teams in the league. Haven't we? We've conceded the most scores both of them. Yeah. I mean, from a goal scoring perspective, I mean, what have you been a threat going forward, or you know, have, have, have they struggled to break teams down? They've uh, certainly compared to, to sort of this time twelve months ago. You know, they, they were they were one of the highest scorers early on in the championship last season, which took a lot of people by surprise. Uh, this season, the, the goals have been a little bit harder to come by. They went on a little run um, during sort of their worst patch of the season in, in sort of September, October, where I think it was five and a half games they went without a goal. Uh, but they've sort of got over that now. They've scored in, in each of their last five games. They're not racking up big scores. Um, you know, they've, they've not scored more than two in a league game all season. So, you know, they're not in a position at the moment where they're going out and putting three and four past teams. But they are the last few weeks creating a, four, a few more opportunities. Players are sort of coming to the fore now and, and starting to, to find the goals. Um, but, you know, you mentioned that 3-3 with, with, with Bolton. Um, you know, I'd, I'd, it would be interesting to sort of see if that was a, a sort of game that happens again this weekend because if Burton can start sort of scoring again, that they might start backing themselves. But because they've been conceding so much, that's been the problem. They've been at home. They've almost been requiring to score at least two goals to, to get themselves a result. And they'll, they'll want to make sure this weekend, I think, that they keep a clean sheet will be the first target and then and then hope that sort of somebody pops up with a moment of quality to win it. Do you think it's bad timing from a Burton point of view with Sunderland changing the manager? I, I certainly, you know, it's, it's a thought that's, that's crossed the mind. Um, you know, there's always that, that fear, isn't there? The, the new manager bounce, as they call it, that, that it, it comes at that sort of time. Um, Nigel Club mentioned that the other day. Uh, I think it was just before Coleman was appointed, actually, but he sort of said it may well be that they, they sort of they might end up copping for for Sunderland just at, at that time. So, yeah, there's, there's always that worry, isn't there? Um, but I, I suppose that this, what will be being said in the changing room is look, there's nothing that Burton can do to affect that. Um, yes, Sunderland might play at a bit bit of a higher intensity. There might be a few players, obviously, on the opposition looking to prove a point to a new manager, but it won't affect their game, I don't think. Um, Again, like I say, I think they'll just be quite keen to make an early impact. And I mean, with both sides, obviously, with with the form, you know, Burton at home and, and Sunderland where they are in the table, I think if you're the, if you're the team to strike the first blow in a game, it can it can go a long way, you know, new manager or not. So I would imagine that will sort of be their intent. But yeah, they'll, they'll know. I'm sure that Coleman will, will have Sunderland galvanised, and uh, I suppose we'll we'll see how much of an impact uh, and a difference that makes. Nick on the line, Joshua. How do you think the game's going to go? <sighs> oh, I'm... I'm terrible with, come <laughs> terrible on, with predictions. Off the, off the fence, uh, I, I think, I think if Burton can play the way, translate their away form over the last month, they were brilliant at Brentford on on Tuesday night. Okay, they didn't open themselves up too much, but they were they were really solid. And, and then in the last 20 minutes, you know, threatened to to win the game. I think if they can produce that sort of a performance and, and crucially get the first goal, um, I think they could they could go on to to win it. Um, this weekend and sort of end that bad run at home. Equally, like I say, if, if Sunderland are the ones to, to land that first blow with the way things have been going for Burton at home, you know that might just be the sort of the, the blow to, to, to make the heads drop. So, with how it will go, I, I, I think whoever gets the first goal will probably win the game. Men say Sun FM preview show with Stephen Goldsmith and Gareth Barker. All things Sunderland. Thanks to Joshua for joining us there. So it leaves us with. 
five, six minutes or so to talk about uh, the game. In my mind, this this is just going to be sort of kitchen <laughs> kitchen sink time for both sides who who, 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 who are going to look at this now and think, you know, we need to win this game, not even draw to win it. I think the, if you look back at the, the Middlesbrough game, and obviously I'm not saying that uh, Chris Coleman would deploy the same approach, but obviously within Dong, he played sort of from wide, didn't he? Um, and I was thinking about the, the way he set up quite narrow with the two wingers. I was thinking, and Dong in one of those positions in that narrower midfield might have been quite interesting. Um, so he might have just given you a little bit more intensity in narrow areas and, and you know, drive, maybe drive the ball a bit more from centre rather than, you know, wingers maybe feeling a little bit uncomfortable, a bit unnatural because they, they are very, they are out and out wingers, aren't they? Our wingers. Um, so with, with him with, injured, who would you go yeah. for instead? Well, he's got Catamol and, and McNair back, so it's interesting to see which way he's going to go and what he's going to do the, with the team. Whether he's going to just make a straight swap for for Gibson and and Honeyman in the middle and go the same way, or, well, or do you think he's going to shift things around totally? I think I'd be tempted to. Put um, well, I would keep Gucci in there. I thought he did all right. I know we had a discussion about it earlier on. You weren't, weren't sure, and I've been critical of Gucci in the past, but I thought he did okay. I just didn't see what he did, to be honest. To play behind Graben, maybe, or even you could, if you want to get a little bit more from that wider area, you could push him into there, and then maybe put uh, McGeady in in behind because Gucci's probably going to give you a bit more defensive cover. Yeah, work really hard. Yeah, you, and you, you will do. You know, that. I don't think you're going to get that. I think. In that narrower position, I felt, I felt as though that McGeady was a bit lost. I think he struggled to get into the game. I think both wingers did against Villa. I think McManaman the same. Didn't look anywhere near as threatening as he did against Millwall. No. And you'd you think about a lot of the comments when, when Grayson brought McGeady to the club about how he he gave McGeady that free reign to get the best out of him. I felt as though the shackles were... I know he hasn't been great recently, McGeady, but the shackles were on him. And against Millwall, he looked the most likely to create Yeah, he something. needs to be... Given that license, yeah. doesn't he? So if he can, if he maybe if Gooch went wide and he sat in behind Graben, you know that, and because if you've got Catamol and McNair, but I think you, I think you, there's enough protection in there to, to put yeah. McGeady and maybe not with Gibson and, and Honeyman in the middle, but definitely with McNair with and Catamol and, and Gibson. Positionally, they'll be quite disciplined as well. I know Catamol in terms of. Um, Catamol disciplined. Yeah, I just mean in terms of know, position, not in terms of um, getting buckets or potentially being sent off. But I think Saturday is just for a new manager coming in, for especially in Sunderland's situation, it's kind of perfect, isn't it? You'd probably want to be away from home because you wouldn't want them coming into that awful home record just yet. And it's not just that, but if we win, we're definitely off the bottom. Been so, against a side that's lost five exactly, home games. Yeah. So it's just a chance to get that momentum going because. What you could start saying to the players off that is, right, we win here and we're off the bottom. Then you look at the Redden game, who a team who haven't really got going this season, being nowhere near as good as they were last season. So then you're going into that with, right, you've won last week, let's get that home record off your back now. And then you potentially actually with that game out of the bottom three. If you're not, you go into the game after that, right, now we get out of the bottom three. And then after that, right, now let's get that distance between ourselves. And then the Champions League. And then the Champions yeah, League. Obviously, you're just going to Then keep we, do, on going. we do a Leicester, yeah. basically, at the end of it, and it's Coleman's easy. a new Ranieri. Yeah. But, there, but it is a winning. chance to get that to get that, that snowball effect going in a, in a positive way for once, not in the negative that we're getting at the minute. Um, let's say away from home, side that struggling like we are, and just... The, pre- the pressure really is kind of on Burton as as well with them being at home because they need a result. The, the, what um, Joshua was saying before about their bad home form as well, 
we kind of go into it with a little bit of unknown quantity, a little bit of freedom, and it's just the chance to get a bit of positive momentum going. Really, really good opportunity but for Coleman. Q Burton yeah. going 3 0 up after 15 minutes. <laughs> I think about the point, and you know, he did obviously came against Swansea, lost the game comfortably, and then we he went 4 4 2 against Newcastle, very different, beat them. Then we had then he implemented his style against Southampton, and then it was fully in place by the time we played Man City. It's um, weird how that was cool. like five years ago. We can remember the games and yeah. exactly what happened yeah, in all yeah, of those yeah. games. We won two of them, so you tend to remember. Yeah. We won three of them actually, didn't we? We beat Newcastle, beat Southampton, beat yeah. uh, beat Man City. So three wins in a row. It sh- what what it does do is show, you know, that a manager can make an impression on fans just by changing things. Yeah. But Allardyce kind of did similar when he yeah, came he in. De- Defoe was like kind of out of favour. Like he was under advocate, and then it wasn't until he was still playing players like Toivonen quite a lot earlier on, and Lenz even was featuring. So they do do that. It's not going to be a while until we see Coleman put a bit more of a stamp on it. It doesn't really it's help. Got no players to put a stamp well, yeah, on exactly. it. That's what I was going to say. The injuries don't really help either. We're not going to see that straight away. It is just going to be more in terms of just little green shoots like we saw on Tuesday, just the way we were trying to keep the ball more, be a bit more possession-focused, try and build our attacks, cut out the mistakes by keeping possession, not giving away daft opportunities. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if that does progress any more on Saturday at all. I mean, say if he did want to go to three at the back, since I, I'm not saying, I know he did build that formation around Ramsey and Bale, but he hasn't got that option because no. obviously Wilson's out, don't know how long he's going to be out for, Corny's out. So... It's all Shane Browning, isn't it's it? It's all Shane Browning, and that is it. McNair can't play a centre half. I guess so. But yeah, he could, he could, he could he could play there in a three for Manchester. He could United be the well, ball playing centre half there, couldn't he? I don't know. I think. I don't know. I wouldn't. I'm just saying, just yeah. throwing that out there. Yeah. <laughs> we did ask, and I should have uh, brought this up really on Twitter, um, when I asked for anybody had any cracker questions, and we, we haven't had time to go through all them, but somebody did ask us quite directly. They didn't want any sitting on the fence or anything like that and they wanted to know if we would stay up wanted us to answer individually yes or no if we think we'd stay up yes yes it's three yeses <laughs> I'm honest with you see <laughs> go on to judges uh, houses whoever asked that yeah, question yeah. which judge would you want are we the judges yeah tweet in I've only got a flat so I don't have a house so who would you want yeah you got Rory's don't, flat don't want to go to mine yeah with a bag of cans yeah at Rory's flat like quite cool yeah, like n- decent like, area a lot of like bars how would it work how would it around? work so you'd go around you'd have to talk about football with you I'm yeah. really nervous Rory's asked us to um, <laughs> I'd have like another talk about uh, I'd have like an ex-player there yeah, as well yeah. like they always yeah. do I'd bring yeah. out like someone yeah. like that would be Proctor wouldn't it no like you'd have Proctor I would have Proctor. No, Stephen would have Proctor. You would have. You used to live over the road from Mike Lingham, so you would have no, I him. I didn't have a, live over the road from Mike Lingham. Trevor Carson. Trevor Carson, so, uh, no, sorry. No. An, another keeper from that era. And I would have. I don't know. Duncan Watmore. He comes know. into work all the time, so that would be him. He's got now to do at the minute. Yeah. <laughs> Might as well yeah. come to my house with a stranger yeah. and talk about yeah. football in the X Factor style. Yeah. And then he'd have to. Uh, that what would be the decide? You asked. You set him a task to, like, say, or oh, what's your. Um, Opinions on the uh, false number nine, something like that, and then they have to talk about it with you. And then if the f- you'd be like, "Oh, I wasn't sure about um, his opinions," and then you'd have to kick him out. Is that yeah. how it works? There'd it be work? some like more basic ones, like who's your favourite player and stuff like that. What's like the greatest game of all time? What would be the sob story? 
There's a Sunderland fan just going on over the season <laughs> yeah. ticket at Sunderland. <laughs> Plenty of sob stories. Make yeah, your own anyway, sobs. Insert that, yeah. your own sob story yeah, here. Yeah. There's loads of really good tweets, actually, we haven't got time to read out, and I feel guilty about that now. So keep them for Monday. Um, we'll keep them for Monday. but I, And forget about them on Monday. Yeah. Um, what I will... I'll ask one of them, though. It was Ryan Palace, Palace who asked that, actually. I think he was the only person who got his tweet right out on Monday's show as well. He sent some good tweets, Ryan. Maybe we'll send him along to a press conference. Um, our own Frankie Francis said... Which current member of the Sunderland squad has done his Christmas shopping already? I think that would be Watmore, actually. Just John across. O'Shea seems like an organised guy. Nah, I think John O'Shea would do it like quite late. Like he's like a bit of bit of like a dar about it. Do you know what I mean? Like he just wouldn't know. He'd ask. Know what, he'd ask like yeah. his wife like a week before, and then he'd what just have a want? mad dash around the Metro Centre. The bridges. All the bridges, wherever, wherever's yeah. wherever's com- You don't know what he needs. To be fair, yeah, just do it online. No, but if it's a week before, it's not going to come in time, is it? That's his problem. That's what he says says to himself every year. It's like, I need to do this earlier, do it online, do I have to leave the house? It's John O'Shea can make it happen. I reckon Billy Jones (laughs) would have it done. I think he likes shop. I get the impression I can see him walking around with lots of shopping bags and that. I think he'd be into that, shopping and... Jason Steele has to keep going and doing this because he keeps dropping everything oh, and breaking it. Hey. We're going to go out on that, on that, are we? Poor thing. We are. He's, not, he's not even been the, the culprit recently either and he's still getting digged out. Well, so both of them then. Even. It's all right, we'll, we'll go out with that joke, I think, just to expose Rory. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to the game. I'm looking forward to the game. I am. Go on, I am. Yeah. I am. Going for some standing yeah. and some awareness. Yes, some awareness, some lad points. So hopefully we'll see you. <laughs> After we pick up three points. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Wise Men Say, Sun FM Preview Show. With Stephen Goldsmith and Gareth Barker. All things Sunderland. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.